You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. I'm Alex Chester. With me, as always, is Wheels Wienaker. Wheels, how's it rolling? It's going uh, great. This is the fourth one recording today, and I feel uh, fresh as a, a daisy. Yeah, I feel as fresh as a uh, used tampon, so That's not disgusting. exactly this. <laughs> well, restart. Restart the whole thing. No, we're not restarting. I'm exhausted. I'm, like, running on fumes, but, you know, we committed to doing 32 of these in 32 days, and so we're powering through. And you know what? Sometimes that's how you feel, but you know. The haters are right. You're gross. <laughs> uh, which hater said that? All right. So uh, t- we're, we're talking about the Houston Texans now. This is – I'm looking at our power rankings. So far, we've really had very little disagreement uh, other than yeah, you wanting to restart this episode. Uh, this is the first team of six where we had a significant difference in our power rankings. Um, you had the uh, Houston Texans at eight. I had the Houston Texans at 16. And there's another team who I had at 8 and you had at 16, who we'll get to when we get to them. And so um, so those two teams average out and are tied for 11th overall. So Houston's 11th overall, but you think of them as a, as a borderline Super Bowl contender, and I think of them as a team who uh, is only making the playoffs because their division is hot garbage. Uh, so we, uh, we'll uh, ask our Texans fan uh, whose side he's on. I can uh, make a prediction. But uh, So here to talk about the Texans is Matt Weston. Matt Weston from the uh, Battle Red blog and also the podcast. So Matt, welcome welcome to 32 Fans. How are you doing? I apologize for the introduction. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm not a used tampon. I feel fresh and strong and uh, it's a beautiful day. All right. Um, Okay, so yeah, so basically my my feeling on this Texans team is, and you know, they're almost like the Vikings of the AFC in the sense that they have a great defense, uh, you know, a decent running game. The problem really is, uh, you know, with Teddy Bridgewater's injury, obviously. It's, it's, it's a question mark what you're going to get out of your quarterback. So you guys this year, you go ahead and you draft Deshaun Watson, and obviously the hope is that uh, Deshaun Watson is your quarterback of the future. But as of right now, who's starting week one? Is it, is it him? Is it Tom Savage? What's the plan? Tom Savage is going to start week one. Uh, it, just, it just seems like it. I know that there's been kind of reports that you know, Watson's been great in practice. He's far away ahead of any rookie quarterback that you know, Bill O'Brien's ever been around. But you know, Savage had to start in last night's preseason game. I uh, played, you know, the first quarter and a half, the first three drives, and you know he looked fine. And uh, it just also it seems like O'Brien's not a coach who wants his you know rookie quarterback to I guess learn and not play until he's fully ready. But uh, you know that being said, it's it's one of those situations that's gonna be precarious, and we don't know how long Savage is gonna play uh, or how long until you know Watson becomes you know the good enough he needs to be to take over that spot. And then the other big question I think on the offense right is uh, Dwayne Brown is still holding out your left tackle. Correct. Yeah, Brown's still out, and he doesn't have any guaranteed money left on his deal. So he has two years left on his contract, and I think he makes $8 million, a little bit more than that, both this year and next year. And so he wants a new deal, and you know he has a lot of leverage because you know Tom Savage is a quarterback that holds onto the ball forever. So you need to have a, a tackle who really you knows it. You really need to be able to pass block well for him to have any chance to you know, be competent. And then also just the offensive line's not very good. And him and Sufiwe were the best. Xavier Sufiwe were the best part of the offensive line, the run game together. Um, and next year, I mean, I guess as far as the base salary goes, if he gets cut, if he gets, you know, he can get cut, not make anything out of it. And so he wants to get a new contract, probably similar way Andrew Whitworth got, uh, so he can be kind of locked down for the next few years. But and he's also still really good too. 
So he's still not there, and it's a it's a big hole so far. And you know, nobody knows exactly when he's going to come back to play, or if he's going to miss any games or anything like that. Daisy, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> All right, I got more questions. Uh, as I a guy mute, who invested, mute my mic as uh, oh. my children came in. That's as a guy who invested his whole fantasy team last year in DeAndre Hopkins, um, I, what the hell happened to him last year? And don't tell me it was the quarterback because you know he, in 2015 he was supposedly quarterback proof. Yeah, with Hopkins last year, I mean, a lot of it was you know the quarterback because Brock Osweiler was the worst quarterback in the NFL, not named Jared Goff. Uh, and then the other thing that was different too was just they try to use him more, I guess, like in route combinations and that sort of thing compared to 2015 where they just kind of left him on the sideline and a lot of one versus one you know route combinations that he just won a lot. And also he wasn't targeted as much before. You know, Osweiler, one of the things that happened to him last year is that once teams started using two safeties, he couldn't throw the ball to the sideline. He couldn't throw the ball deep at all. So he was stuck, you know, dumping the ball off to, you know, quarterbacks on out routes and flat routes for, you know, three yards. And, you know, he, I think he had two or three games where he averaged less than four yards an attempt. And so he just didn't have the accuracy to make those throws to the sideline. So the biggest thing it was, you know, the quarterback play. Oswald was terrible. And the you know, scheme was a little bit different last year, too. It was just kind of a culmination of both. But, you know, he's still very good. Uh, he should be very good this year. And he's been very good, you know, no matter who the quarterback has been before in the past. Yeah, uh, yeah. the The receiving core to me is interesting because there's a lot of names past Hopkins that you know fans know. But who who do you see really emerging as like the two and three guys there? I I really have no idea. It's all it's been one of those things where they had speed and there's talent there. You have Braxton Miller. I know Will Fuller V uh, broke his collarbone. He's gonna be out for you know four or five weeks. And then you have Jalen Strong, who they trade up to draft in the third round, I believe, off the top of my head. And he's provided you know absolutely nothing aside for some hail mary, a hail mary, a hail mary yeah, touchdown catch. I picked him in a twenty team fantasy league. I'm like, ooh, Jalen Strong. He's going to be my real sleeper. And yeah, like, yeah. And he has another thing. And he caught he, he ran a really nice slant route last night in that preseason game and torched Malcolm Butler on it. Like pretty much, you know, made him fall down and caught a touchdown doing that. And he, he just really hasn't done anything. He's been hurt. You know, he has been very good. Uh, he's had issues you know, getting separation. And they signed Bruce Ellington. He did a lot of stuff in that preseason game last night. But whenever it comes to the second and third, you know, fourth wide receiver spots, you know, they have talent and they have question marks, but nobody's really kind of come in and played really well to secure that role down yet. I mean, here's my question. This team is a team that's gone nine and seven three years in a row, right? Um, and, and I look at, you know, from last year to this year, where have they improved? Okay, J.J. Watt's back. He was injured, you know, much of last season. Obviously, you know, when you add the best defensive player in the world, that helps. But then again, they were nine and seven with a healthy JJ Watt a couple of years before that. The, the the big the other big addition is Deshaun Watson, who's not even going to be on the field to start the season. And I don't really see any other big additions. And I see some losses on the defense. You know, AJ Bouye was a great cornerback. Mm-hmm. Vince Wolfork, who probably didn't have much left in the tank. Quentin Demps, the safety. So you know, tell me what reason is there to argue why the team that's been nine and seven three years in a row why they're better than the team of the last three years? Uh, uh, at least until Deshaun Watson becomes you know whatever you think he might be. Yeah, I I don't think there there really is an argument for it. I know you would think that the offense will be better this year just because it was so bad last year. And you expect for it just to be, you know, a little bit better without having, you know, Osweiler there as quarterback. But they didn't do anything to make the team better. And it was strange too because it, that was kind of expected this offseason just because of where they were with the salary cap. But then they traded uh, Brock Osweiler for, you know, gave up a second round pick to, to remove that salary off their books. And they didn't do anything with the $10 million in cap space they created. And they're sitting on like, you know, $17 million right now. Well, the plan was Tony Romo, right? I think. I mean, I think so. That's the only other idea I can think of. But still, they didn't use that cap space to do anything. And they still could have franchise tagged A.J. Bouye. And, uh, In hindsight, it was a really bad yeah. trade. Oh, it's a, I mean, it's a terrible trade. And, yeah. and uh, they just – but the thing is, like, even if you do that for Romo, you don't get Romo. You still have this cap space. And, only, and that cap space, <laughs> they would have – they had it the year after. They're going to have that cap space the year after no matter what. So it's only really beneficial for this season. And they didn't do anything with it. But yeah, I mean, they didn't make any changes at all, any real big additions. They, I know they added Watson, but uh, you know they had to make the offense better this offseason. They didn't, and uh, we, like you said, you know, you don't know when he, whenever he's going to play. All I right, think so I'm going to turn around, pin this on Akiva. Wait, Akiva, why do you have this team at number eight then? Okay, because I think there's Deshaun Watson to me has a higher ceiling than Trubisky or Mahomes or any of the guys drafted this year. To me, it's by a, a million miles, and if he comes in. You know, maybe they tread water at the beginning of the season with Savage, 
And then, but the, enough so that they realize, like, hey, he stinks. The Watson comes in and is good, and all of a sudden you have Watson, you have Lamar Miller, you have Dondre Hopkins on a team that has, you know, uh, the best player in the NFL on defense. And it's like, oh, this team, you said. Wait, but hold on, but hold well, on, but hold you on. Said, yeah, you said they're in a bad division. Well, guess what? Sometimes you could win your bad division and you get a home game or, you know, even a bye. I'm not saying the Texans are going to get a bye, but you could get a home game and you're on a, you know, an easy path to uh, the AFC Championship game with the Patriots. Okay, but hold on, Akiva. So high. Akiva, yeah. a, po- a power ranking is not a prediction for the end of the season. The power ranking is where they are right now. Right? That's the yeah. same reason. You and I both agree we but said on the Cowboys. Hold on. We both said on the Cowboys podcast that the Cowboys are going to regress this year and be about a 500 team. And yeah. yet, we, you, you have them number six overall. Why? Because coming into the season, based on this moment, even though you think they're going to be 8-8, eight eight, right now, there's not 27 teams that are better than them. So right now, they're number six, even though you're predicting that by the end of the year, they'll be about 14 or 15 or 16. So you're saying that Houston has the potential to Sean Watson by the end of the year to be number eight. But right now, how do you justify putting them at number eight? You're saying, well, because they have a ceiling. But that's not the question. We're saying right now, you think they're the eighth best team in the league. The team they have right now with Tom Savage under center in week one is the eighth yeah. best team in the league. Adjusting for adjusting for schedule and division, yes, I agree. They're the, the eighth, eighth best team in the league. No question. So they're dramatically better than the last three years when they had the same easy division, the same easy schedule, and they went nine and seven three years in a row. And they've added nobody to their team. They have added someone. They've added Deshaun Watson, who's going to play. He's not playing. He he's will not playing. when they realize that he's good and Tom Savage is bad. Okay, but right now he's not on their and By the way, if Tom Savage out. is good, then the team is good. But in all likelihood, that's not going to happen. So well, Savage Tom is Savage is – Well, Deshaun Watson's so bad that Tom Savage is better than him. Either way, the point well, is – Matthew, why don't you come in and defend him here? Because I know you're <laughs> going to agree with me. No, he already said he thinks they're the same team. And by the way, 9-7, and seven, you know – is going to win this division probably. So. Oh, I agree with you. That's why. Yeah, I have a number 16 in my power rankings. I have them number one in their division. Totally agree. They'll be 9-7 and seven like they are every year. They'll win their division unless Andrew Luck suddenly becomes, you know, healthy and good again, which, you know, who knows. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, got, I have no I think I, Matt is very silently tiptoeing out of the room. <laughs> what do you think, Matt? Uh, I mean, I think eight's too high. I think, they're, I think probably about 16 is where I put them. I think they're going to be about I think A and eight's kind of like the mean for them this year. And the other thing too is like you're talking about the division being easy. Uh, you know, it's gonna be better this year. Again, like it was last year, it was better. You know, last year than it had been in previous years too. But also just their schedule. Their average projected opponent is a uh, as an average DBA at one point one percent, which is eighth. The you know as as far as what outsiders goes, and the rest of the teams in the division: Tennessee, Jacksonville, and India have the easiest schedules in the league this year, probably because they play the NFC West, but also. Finishing your know, second, third, and fourth, you get to play you know the Browns instead of playing the Steelers and that sort of thing. So the Texans do have a tough schedule, and their first nine weeks are rough. And so I guess whenever it comes to, like you know Watson, whenever he's going to play, I think you're going to see Savage probably start for the first you know six or seven weeks, and uh, through that really rough part of the schedule, and after the bye, maybe Watson will come in and play then. But um, yeah, I, I agree with with them being proud about middle of pack because like you were saying, they're they didn't do anything really to improve at all last year. Uh, their offense needs to get better this year and really hasn't. I think division's going to be better. Their schedule's pretty tough. And also, last year, they really overperformed as far as their record goes. They didn't play very well. They won a lot of close games because their defense. And this year, if you see like even a little bit of regression to the mean of those one-score games, they go from being a 9-7 team to you know 7-9. And, uh, and so I think you know the best estimate is somewhere between 7-9 to 9-7. But I'm more closely leaning on them being, you know, 500 to slightly below 500 than, you know, 10 and 6, 11 and 5 Super Bowl contender. Kiva, the Texans fans on my side. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you, Matthew. But, by the way, I got to say, Kiva, I've been very impressed with, with our guests in general so far this year. Um, so two years ago when we did this for the first time, or at least I did this for the first time with you, um, our guests, you know, seem to be homers to such a comical extent that we had everybody predict their team's record, and yeah. the league as a whole was like 100 games above 500. So much so that last year, to try and stem that, we had everyone give us the predicted record of their biggest rival rather than themselves yeah. to try and balance that. But this year, most of the fans have actually been picking the under of the over-under. You know why? Because there's only one team that thinks they can win the Super Bowl. There's 31 <laughs> teams that are yeah. punching the season. It's, it's a problem. It's going to be a weird year. It's going to be a problem. That's why you got to root for Brady. Well, to go the down NBA has that problem, and you know the NBA's ratings are as high as they've ever been. So true, it's true, it's true. The Patriots. All matter. right, so the over/under for Houston is eight and a half. So Matthew, you would uh, probably lean on the under. Yeah, I wouldn't bet on it, but I would go with the under. 
right. And Cleveland would go way over. Not way, but I'm, I'm pounded, yeah. I think they're 9-7 and seven like they are every year. I think a right. healthy well, J.J. Watt is, is – Yeah. Well, yeah, but I, I, I would have bet on it. I'm right on the fence. Do, do the safeties concern you? I don't know these names. Like, I usually – in a unit, you rarely know zero players, but I don't know a single one of these safeties. Yeah, this, I mean, the, the secondary is concerning. I know that you know, Jalen Joseph has been great every year, but eventually that unicorn blood's going to run out, and he's not going to be you know great at eventually. And he's 34 this year. Uh, you know, Kevin Johnson's been injured every year he's been in the league. I mean, he's spectacular. Like he's going to be a great cornerback. He's just had injury issues. Kareem Jackson was bad last year in the slot position. Uh, I was hoping that they would move him to safety, and they haven't done that yet. But I'm sure there'll be some base packages that will do it. And then, when, like you're saying, for a second for the safeties, they have Corey Moore, who hasn't started a game, or he played a little bit last year at safety. Uh, but Quinn Demps wasn't good last year, so it's not like they're losing thing with him gone. Uh, he just called a lot of interceptions that other cornerbacks tipped up to him. And Andre Howes, like he's a good cover safety. He can cover half the field and go from the middle of the field to the sideline well. He just can't tackle at all. I think he missed 13 tackles last year, which led the league. And uh, and so like last year, their strength was their secondary, especially Boye, you know, playing as great as he did. And so this year, it's their front seven. And so the thing about it's like with JJ Watt there, you have Merciless and Clowney. You're hoping that this the pass rush is you know a top five or the best in the league sort of pass rush. That you know the secondary doesn't matter as much. But uh, you know, I still lean that on the fact that I think Houston should franchise tag Boye for sure. And then they did that. This could have potentially be a top ten defense of all time. But now without him there, he was the best player in their defense last year. Uh, there's you know there's depth and you know, kind of questions in the secondary, which was the strength of this team last season. Did uh, all right? Answer this question, Matt. Uh, JJ Watt plays X games this season. I'll say fourteen. I mean, I don't. I'm not a doctor, okay. I but mean, I'll say fourteen. You'd, you'd sign for that right now. In a yeah, second. yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, back injuries and careers. It's not breaking news here. Yeah, know? I think it was that, and also just it's like. He hadn't missed a game up to that point too. Played a ton of snaps, and I think just in general, he was just you know his body was just dead, and he needed a sabbatical. And uh, and so at least he missed you know early in the part of last year. He only played two games last year. At least this didn't happen like week nine, you know. And so uh, everything I've seen is he looks good, and every, all the reports are that he looks great too, and that he's healthy, and you know everything should be good to go. Did, Chester, did you know that the Texans tight ends, led by Fedorowicz and Griffin? were second in the league last year in receptions. I, I knew that Fedorowicz was getting added and dropped every week in fantasy, yeah, I, but I would not week. have guessed that. But, yeah, yeah. 115 catches. Uh, the Jets did not hit 15 in any of their last three seasons. <laughs> 115 for the Texans. No, nobody would have guessed that. If I give you, if we weren't doing a Texans podcast and I said, you know, yeah. who was number two, you wouldn't have come close. Yeah. Matt, are you, you, you live in Houston? I live in San Antonio. San Antonio, okay. Oh, Wait, so have we Fred had this becomes conversation before. This is Matt's first time on the podcast, right? I think he's uh, been on our draft podcast before. Oh, you were but... on the draft podcast, right? Well, you know, are you a Spurs fan, Matt? Because you know I'm a Spurs no, I'm fan. I'm a Sacramento Kings fan, actually. Oh, get out of here! <laughs> Wait, you live in San Antonio? I could have met. I could have met. Yeah. I have no friends who are Spurs fans. I could have made a Spurs friend, and you. I, like I've the liked Kings. him more since, like, I moved away from home. From home, I mean, it's the while. worst decision I've ever. Yeah, heard well, in my I was nine. I mean, you got to respect it, though. You got to respect it, though. The Spurs are, I think, like forty and two in their last forty-two games against the Kings. I mean, yeah, I go, I go to those games every year, and they always lose. Uh, but yeah, oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I grew, I fell in love with that team when I was nine years old, and I've stuck with them. And I've liked the Spurs. I used to hate the Spurs, and I've liked them more since I moved away from home and you know traveled and stuff. And uh, and like, but wait, you're from yeah. San Antonio, and can you do you mind like uh, about around how old are you? Like, because we're thirty-three, years old. and so like. Oh, okay, so, so that's insane. Well, you're 34, Chester, but we were born yeah. in 83. So you're born like 90 or 91. Wait, so Matt, so you don't really remember the Houston no, Oilers. No, no, no. The Spurs have, have never missed the playoffs minus the dunk, the Robinson injury years. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they've been great every year. And I've watched them and I, I hated them for what a, a while. Horrible, and, what a horrible decision. Yeah, I, I've never seen a sports championship. It's because I didn't. Well, because I was dumb when I was nine years old. How, how, how did you become a Kings fan? Just out of curiosity. I, I fell in love with that, you know. Vladi, Stoyakovich, Weber, Bibby the team, Weber when team? I was you know, nine. Oh, wow. And uh, I've stuck with them since then. That yeah. was a great team. But by the way, the Spurs and Robinson and Duncan were winning championships. Yeah, yeah I know that. <laughs> Literally in 99, the Spurs yeah. won. Well, I, I just – I hate the Spurs. I hate Antonio when I was growing up. And, uh, and I, I don't know. I just uh, – 
So who'd you root for before the Texans came? Around? I didn't really have a team. I well, I liked you know I like Brett Favre a lot. I like the St. Louis Rams whenever they had you know Warner Falk and all that. Okay. So I just kind of jumped from different teams yeah. I liked. And yeah. whenever Houston came around in 2002, Man. I said, like, well, I you know I guess this is it. And part of that decision was because that Madden 01 had the franchise draft after one season, and so I would play with Houston that game and start the expansion team. And I enjoyed that. So it uh, so I've been been watching this team every week since then. But you said in baseball you're a Rangers fan, yeah, not an Rangers Astros fan. But you never wanted to be a Cowboys fan, so you know that's yeah. obviously respectful. Yeah. So you you have uh, some morality and ethics team, yeah. so that's good to hear. Man, that is depressing. I could have had a fellow uh, San Antonio Spurs. I mean, I'm not joking. Like, I, you know, I root for the Mets and the Jets, and I'm from New York. And I, you know, there's a hundred people on any day if I wanted, I could have a convers- long conversation with about the Mets or the Jets. And there's literally zero people in my life who I could talk to about the Spurs. Like, I bore people complaining about the Pau Gasol contract, but no one Oh, I mean, I can, so I can still talk anyway. about the Spurs. Like, I still watch them yeah. enough. And, uh, you know, I like the Spurs in the playoffs whenever they're playing against, you know, the Rockets and the Warriors and all that. But uh, I've, like, I went from hating them to respecting them to kind of liking them whenever I was away to, you know, kind of being in between now. But, uh, yeah, it's always fun here whenever the playoffs happen. I always enjoy that part of it. And make, like, watch my friends all right, be so happy. Can- can you pick a number between zero and one hundred, please? Uh, Seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. Uh, tell me everything you know about Curtis Drummond. That's Curtis with a K. I don't know anything about Curtis Drummond. No, he's a safety from Michigan State. Is he not going to make the team? I, I can tell you. I don't really pay a lot of attention to like the you know eighty seventh man on the roster and you know training camp cuts and all that. So I really don't care that much about that. But that's the whole point of a Kings game. <laughs> yeah, that's no. We ask players that nobody knows. I mean, for the most part, the truth is nobody ever picks like no. You know, it's I don't I don't mess around. Like nobody ever picks. You know, who's Tom Brady? Uh, he actually played special teams for you guys two years ago. I don't know what he did last year, but he he was a special and on the worst special teams in the uh, league too. Yeah, no brag, mm-hmm. no brag. But uh, Curtis Drummond with a K. Um, all right, uh, all right. Other than you know, you, you, we we know who your stars on offense with with Hopkins and defense with what. Uh, last question: Who's gonna? Who, you know, who, who, is there anybody on the team you think might break out as like a, you know, like a top tier Pro Bowl type player this season that we're not expecting? Uh, I mean, I think if Kevin Johnson's healthy, he I think he can, he can make the Pro Bowl for sure. I think he will if he's healthy because he's gonna play a lot. Uh, he's gonna take on you know Boy's role as before. Uh, DJ Reader, who took is taking over for Vince Wolfork at nose tackle. Uh, he was better than Wolfork was last year. Wolfork really was never good at all during his time in Houston, but he was cool and lovable, uh, kind of like how Shane Leckler is now, where they both weren't good, but people love them because they're you know their personalities and stuff. But uh, DJ Reader is great. You know he's strong. He's also a really good pass rush on the interior, which is like the most important thing to having a good defense is having a good interior uh, pass rush. And then offensively, you know, like I could. See, see somebody being good as far as you know i think fedora's could be better uh, and then maybe when those receivers can take a step forward it's just one of those things that hasn't happened yet so i'm not really expecting it and i'm not expecting this offense to be very good this year anyways but if you wanted to kind of keep your eye on two players for to break out for houston this year it'd be either dj reader or kevin johnson and you know, probably both are going to be or have really great years this season All right, well, Matt, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you are on uh, – we can read you on uh, battleredblog.com, which is the SB Nation uh, Texans website. Correct. Is that right? And you're also on Twitter. What is it? MBW987. All right, I assume uh, those are your yeah. initials. Very, it's very creative. Good sleuthing on my That's part. how many games the Kings have lost this decade. Yeah, probably. Hey, but uh, they're, the 2002 Kings are going to be an NBA 2K18, so I may buy a video game system for the first time and like – 10 years just for that. <laughs> Thanks for looking up. Um, listen, uh, I, 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 the biggest, the thing that upset me most as a, uh, other than Minnesota teams in my lifetime, I think was the, uh, the bullshit uh, NBA Western conference finals between the Kings and the Lakers yeah. in 03 and the refereeing in that yeah, series. I cry, so that, that yeah, was a I cried in the humanity. bathroom after, after David, that David game. David me in prison for uh, that. Parmy has never left that yeah, I would have cried too, for sure. Yeah, the Aaron Fox era. That's really going to be the Buddy Heald era. I'm sure. You're yeah, he looks very, he looks very good. Yeah, I don't know. Things don't look great with Vivek, honestly. But uh, he's got to take his uh, 
hand off the uh, you know the uh, basketball side of things. Anyways, uh, Akiva, so so that's uh, that's the Houston Texans and Matt Weston. And I realize at the top of this podcast, I I was vague about the team that um, that I have eight and you have sixteen. But I don't really know why I did that because I realized that th- this episode, which is going to be a double episode, uh, the, the title of the episode is going to give it away. The other team that we have tied for 11th in our power rankings because I have them 8th and you have them 16th. And that, of course, is the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, all right. The Texans Bengals. They, those two teams are always together and everyone's always bored <laughs> watching them. So why not? Yeah, it's, it's a classic uh, first-round matchup. Where, you know, the Texans are the 4 seed, the Bengals are the 5 seed. And it's the Gruden game. It's the game that... Andy Dalton's at 1-5. The game that the league punishes ESPN with every year, the yeah. Gruden game. All right, Akiva, so that's the Texans. So now let's flip to the other side, uh, the team that I have eight and you have 16, which means that they're tied with the Texans uh, for 11th overall in our in our preseason power rankings, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. Yep, Bengals-Texans. Everyone's super excited. Let's do it. Yeah, uh, the uh, the worst possible first-round matchup you can have in the AFC uh, playoffs. And uh, back to discuss the Bengals, as he's been on this podcast many, many times before, uh, making a special appearance for us because he's about to run out, and I think he's uh, – are you in the uh, the total what, – what do they call the part of the country that's totally covered for the uh, Eclipse? I don't know exactly what they call it, but totality. I'm just outside the of it. Zone. The totality Yeah, I'm just yeah, so outside of it. Just outside the totality. Um, but um, uh, Zach is uh, back. Welcome back to the podcast, Zach. Uh, your Bengals, again, I have them at 8. Akiva has them at 16. How are you feeling about your Bengals right now? Um, I'm always feeling optimistic about the Bengals. We got the talent. We're good. Akiva's never high on them, which is okay. But, um, no, I think that we have a lot of talent on this team. Um, I think we have – I think we could easily finish in, you know, 8 or 16. Yeah, so you won six games last year, obviously – uh, a lot of injuries on the offense. Uh, Tyler Eifert, AJ Green, Andy Dalton, everybody healthy right now. Uh, you add to that mix uh, a couple of rookies, uh, Joe Mixon, John Ross. Uh, uh, maybe uh, at least with Mixon, maybe not the greatest guy, but uh, a, a good running back. Hopefully, not that you really needed a running back between a uh, Bernard and Jeremy Hill. But um, is the big question with this offense just going to be health again? Or, um, well, I mean, it's every team. It's always health, but I think for this offense, it's our offensive line. Um, we lost two of our key players on the offense. Yeah, Whitworth, the left tackle, right? And uh, yeah, and Zeitler, um, guard, uh, but. We drafted uh, not. Uh, we drafted a few years ago. We drafted Fisher and we drafted uh, Cedric Obuehi. So if they can actually step in and be who we think they can be, then we should be okay. But um, that's going to be a big concern. If our offensive line can give Andy enough time to get those guys uh, time to throw, get Andy time to throw, or uh, Hill, Bernard, Mixon, you choose some space to to run the ball. Kiva, this is our second guest who's on a first-name basis with his team starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Well, wait till we get to the Steelers. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's on a first-name basis with her. I'm still baffled that we had to push off this podcast for an eclipse. Like, it's crazy that you people care about the eclipse. Why are you anti-eclipse? I don't understand. If I wanted to, like, do something for 30 seconds that would ultimately blind me, I'd go masturbate. Like, it's insane. There's no, <laughs> <laughs> there's no, oh, man, he was excited there's no to bring interest. that one up. There's no interest. Like I, if it was upstairs in my room, I wouldn't. Like if it was on my ceiling, I'm saying I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't look up. Look up. It, it, like who cares? I don't understand. Like you look at pictures later. People are like driving to like North Carolina and they're freaking out about this. And it, I, I just don't understand the appeal. No, All right, I, this podcast, this will be a specially dated conversation because I think we're not going to post this for a day or two. So the Eclipse will be uh, uh, well uh, into... Oh, yeah, uh, guess what? Everything. If you posted it during the Eclipse, it wouldn't matter because the Eclipse sucks. <laughs> All right, fine. So we're done with your Eclipse takes. You got any takes on the Bengals? Yeah, okay. So let's not let's not just run run right over like losing Andrew Whitworth, who's you know maybe the best left tackle in the league. It's a big deal, and you talk about all the talent the team has. Zach, but like they went six and ten last year and they had talent and like uh, six years, nine and one. Let's be six, fair. Six nine and one. You're right. The the, the the um, you know, we're two years removed from like the super Andy Dalton. That's almost the MVP. And yes, there's they're loaded at running back. And yes, like may, if John Ross is a good player, and I'm skeptical of the combine speed guys. I'm always skeptical of those guys. Yeah, but if, Troy, Troy Williamson for the Vikings. You could yeah, go, I mean, go on a rant about how many of those guys didn't make yeah. it. Those guys don't make it. Like Stephen Hill for the Jets, Marquise Goodwin. Like th- those guys, a lot of times, uh, you know, that like there's if if they were John Ross, like the reason, you know, he's good is because of his speed. But like it wasn't like he was dominating in college and catching eighty passes a year, 
And then it's like, oh, and he's also really fast. Like, that's, you know, it, it goes speed first, then, like, maybe we could turn him into a receiver. But I thought also, the order of the receivers taken in the first round of the draft was very curious this year. Yeah, I agree also. And the truth is, it's funny, like, because we're, we're, Chester and I are in a league that's soon to draft, um, uh, like, just NFL rookies, basically. And there's no NFL rookie receivers that are that people are really lining up to take this year. Like all those guys, you know, like you could get like the rookie receivers. There's no one in in like the consensus top fifty. I don't think. Yeah, but it's always hard. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. came out of nowhere. These guys always are hard to predict. Yeah, before for their sure. Season but starts. I'm saying there's nobody any, yeah. anyone's high on even during the the uh, yeah. The, yeah, that's it? fair. Where I, I want to know, um, you know, we were talking ranking quarterbacks on some previous podcasts. Where do you rank Dalton league wide, Zach? Um. I don't have the full list in front of me, but I put him in the put him near the. Yeah. Um, I probably put him in the top. I probably put him around ten. Um, yeah. Let's let's throw some names and you'll say if they're better than Dalton, okay? Okay. If they're Chester. so, I'm saying if they're better than Dalton, okay? Well, yeah. If is uh, okay, so I'll, Chester, we'll go back and forth. Is Russell Wilson be- better than Dalton? Yes. Chester, you go. Uh, what about Dak Prescott? Not yet. No. Andrew Luck. Yes. Oh, I mean, that, I think most people would say that, but I think you'd definitely have an argument to say uh, that he's not. Chester's so, anti-luck. He he hates Andrew Luck. I'm not anti-luck. I'm just you know he's uh, he's frequently uh, injured and frequently can't even come up with a second quarterback. I, I still think I, oh, I, I think just give me more names. All right, um, I don't know. Kirk Cousins. No. Ben Roethlisberger. Yes. He's better Derek than Carr. Ben. Wow. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, I glossed no. over that. No, Ben's better than Andy. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm confused you, here. You, yeah. you for, thanks for making confusing rules, Akiva. All right. <laughs> you, you really learned better. a lot in this segment. All right, hold on. I'm just going to do this another way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start saying names, and, and you cut me off when it's a guy who Dalton is better than. All right. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, uh, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, uh, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, Dak Prescott. I think he's better than yes. Dak. He said he's better than Dak. Uh, yeah. Andrew, Andrew Luck, you said no. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I think you said yes, right? I think Andy's better than Kirk. Yeah, um, Derek Carr. Um, I think they're about even. I'd, I'd, I mean, if you're starting a franchise, you take Carr. He's younger, but yeah. Matt Stafford. I put. I take Andy over Stafford. This is Philip Rivers. Ball. All right, okay. So Andy Dalton's uh, around nine or ten, which is what he said at the beginning. Akiva. I don't know why we played this little game. Ah, uh, yeah. Akiva messes up another segment. This is what we go. Let's go. Let's talk about the defense. <laughs> Look, for a our, our, our biggest problem has not been Andy the last two years. No, it I was agree. His first few years of his uh, his career, Andy was our problem, but. He's right, handy. Are you? Are doesn't you, want a playoff game, Zach, but, are yeah. you on team fire Marvin Lewis? Yeah. Is there another team? I didn't know there was. I mean, yeah, it's the owners who don't fire. Yeah, Marvin I guess Lewis. the owner. They're literally on team don't fire Marvin Lewis. Yeah. Uh, I think our. You, I think our. If you want to know our underlying biggest concern that we have, probably as a fan base, is not the talent. Uh, is is our our scheme is our coaching. I think last year the major reason we lost a lot of games is we were just out schemed every single game. Um, we, it's not like the teams that were beating us were better than us talent wise. They were just, they just showed up knowing how to, where our holes were and we didn't know where theirs were. I do. Yeah. But listen, you got to give Marvin Lewis a chance. I mean, you know, he's got to have a chance to, you know, (laughs) be with the team and he's got to, he's got to coach the players he picked for the whole whole careers before you really jump (laughs) and their children. It doesn't, you know, the thing with Marvin Lewis and I've been on team Marvin Lewis for literally like six years, like the first version of this podcast. Uh, in 2011, the uh, to me, and it's like the Bengals used to be cheap, but now they're willing to spend alongside, you know, like the other teams in the league. They don't have like the lowest payroll every year or something, but they show like this stupid loyalty to Lewis. And I think that like almost any coach in the league would do a better job with this team. Like, I really think Lewis is terrible. And he, you know, you, if you have an incredibly talented team, even if you're an atrocious coach, like the worst you're going to do most years is eight and eight. I mean, he went six, nine and one last year. With a team preseason, people thought it was one of the most talented in the league. And also, a lot of times, they're not ready. I, l- I watched a lot of Bengals games last year. Week one, you know, the Jets come out, and, uh, like, they, they sack El Dalton eight times. They had eight sacks the rest of the season. Like, and it, so, it's like, are the Jets good? No, it's like the Bengals are just underprepared. And so, when, you, when, when you're in a division where you go up against Tomlin twice and Harbaugh twice, and, you know, the great, the great Hugh Jackson, the greatest coach of all time twice, you know, he's going to be outmatched almost every week. And we are. Yeah, I, but your players are better than these other teams. The The difference between the Bengals and the Ravens roster now is substantial, but I'm not so sure the Bengals are going to like do much better than the Ravens this year. 
I mean, if you look up and down our roster compared to a lot of teams, we're, we're one of the elite talent teams, but we just never play like it. But you guys are also old now also. That's a little bit of an issue. This is a very yeah, and especially team. on defense, this is a yeah. defense that two years ago was elite. Last year was was okay, but you know you're, you continue to get older. They haven't really added. I mean, who they add on the defense? Kevin Minter. Who else have they added this offseason? I mean, Kevin Minter. But then we have guys like uh, Darquez Denard and William Jackson, who we drafted first uh, overall two consecutive years to start taking more cornerback spots. Um, we have a new. I mean, we lost Ray Maluga, so we have a new guy coming in for him and Nick Vigil. Uh, we had Peko for years. We don't have Peko anymore. We have young guys like Andrew Billings stepping in. Um, so we are getting younger. This year was a, a big offseason. Uh, um, our big offseason move was to get younger and faster, and we did that. And we'll see if that translates to anything on the field. I mean, it is cra- like, it's crazy how many – like Michael Johnson, Dunlap, Geno Atkins, Burfick. Well, Michael Johnson is actually might not make the team. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, wow. there's a lot of like as of recent. There's been a lot of chatter that uh, he he's on he's still on the roster. I think if we started the season right now, um, he'd make it. But in the next two weeks, a lot can change, and I think he's starting to get to that uh, maybe outside looking in. We have a lot of young guys on the defensive line who are just being more productive than he is, and his role is he just can't do it anymore. He's just, he's not a pass rusher. He's getting moved around by left tack. I mean by tackles all the time. Um, and they try, they're trying this experiment where on, like, nickel downs, they bring him in. Um, he's long. He can jump up, bat balls down. It's been kind of successful, but I don't know if it's worth it to waste a roster spot on him when other people can do that plus more. It's pretty crazy that uh, Pac-Man Jones is still hanging around the league. He shut down Mike Evans in the end zone twice. What, in the preseason? Yeah, week one. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, Pac, like... Those guys in the NFL are out of the league 99 times out of 100. So it's remarkable he's really, you know, built up a second career. And now he's just like, you know, an old man who's, who's still there. Yes, he is. Wait for the 30, 30, 30 for 30 on Pac-Man Jones. That'll be a good one. Yes, it will. Georgia considering, this, considering this uh, past offseason, too, with him. Right. What is he spending for game one only, right? Yeah. All right. I, I also hate when, like, a guy suspended for game one, and it's like, oh, yeah, we get an extra roster spot. It's a weird – it's like a weird benefit when you have a guy suspended where you get to keep 54 players or whatever. It's like a strange NFL quirk. Um, going back to the offense for one second before we, uh, we play America's favorite game, the roster game, um, how do you see the Hill-Bernard-Mixon thing shaking out in terms of, like, percentage of, of carries? Like, asking for, for fantasy. And for real fo- yeah. Asking for fantasy but also curious for real football. Um, I don't think it affects Gio very much. I think Gio, what his role is, is going to continue. I think he might start off a little slower because he's coming off the knee injury, even though he's been like fine since day one. He came back way faster. So I don't see it affecting Gio. I can see Mixon by uh, a couple weeks in taking all most of Jeremy's carries. Uh, I think they ultimately brought him in to be Jeremy's replacement. Uh, he's really on a first-name basis, Chester, with all these guys. It's, re- it's oh. remarkable. Yeah, I guess he like must bunk with them during uh, right, training gonna camp. Take, he's going to take Mr. Hill's uh, his, his his. He camp. is Mr. Mr. Hill to you, Zach. You're you're well, actually I don't know. Are you younger than these guys? You might be older than these guys now because NFL players are so young. I'm older than those yeah. guys. Yeah, the NFL it's weird. Like sometimes in baseball it's like all right, most of the players are still older than you as you hit your 30s. The NFL you're older than everyone but the kickers and the punters and the quarterbacks basically. Yeah. Um. All right, so we're gonna we're actually going to mix it up. We only do this a couple times, but you got selected to. Uh, being one of the few lucky participants. We're going to go through the Bengals 2017 schedule, and you tell us if it's going to be a W or an L, okay? Okay. So you guys start off the season with two home games in five days. That's pretty crazy if you're a season ticket holder. The two home game weeks are always fun. I would just like to point out this is our first home opener in seven seasons. Yeah. Um, right, you beat us last year on the road. Okay, week one, hosting the Ravens. W. Okay, and then still part of week one in theory. Uh, week two, uh, hosting the Texans on Thursday I'll Night Football. I'll take W. I love that they gave – I mean, I guess that's NFL Network. It's not ESPN, but I love that, like, ooh, you know what everyone loves? Like, primetime Bengals-Texans games. Like, you know, history has proven that out. So let's do more of that. So you're 2-0, and and then you go to Lambeau 10 days later. I think it's going to be our first L. Okay, and then you go to Cleveland. W. 3-1, and one, last game before the bye, hosting the Bills. W. Okay, so you're four and one, and then you go to Pittsburgh after the bye. And if you give Marvin Lewis two weeks to prepare, everyone knows what happens. We lose. Okay, four and two. 
hosting the Colts. W. Now, so now you're five and two, but you have a vicious three week schedule. Not necessarily the opponents, especially in the first week, but three straight weeks on the road. Uh, it's pretty rare in the NFL. So you go to Jacksonville. Uh, I think it will be Jacksonville at Jacksonville. Okay, so you're six and two at this point. You know, maybe Dalton's on the cover of Sports Illustrated. People are talking up the Bengals. Hey, are they going to be the number two seed after the Patriots? Then you go to Tennessee and face Mariota and the Titans. Um, I think we might. We'll probably that'll be our loss. Okay. I think we'll lose Fair Tennessee enough. six and three. Chester, you want to take over with the schedule? No, you're doing a good job. Okay, great. Uh, so you go to Denver the next week. This could be your six and three. This very might very well might be the national game. Four twenty five on. Uh, November 19th, you're in Denver against Trevor Simeon. Maybe Paxton Lynch has replaced him by then, although Lynch kind of sucks. Uh, I think we could beat Denver. All right, so 7-3, to three, and then you come home. It's a bizarre schedule. You come home for three straight games. It's a three uh, on the road, three at home. I've never seen that before, ever. I'm not sure. The, la- the last time a team's done that, I'm guessing, has not happened this century. Three straight on the road, three straight at home without a bye in there somewhere. Yeah, I do not recall that happening. Uh, hosting the Browns. W. Okay, so now you're eight and three, and then Monday Night Football, big game. Maybe the eight and three Bengals will say the seven and four Steelers. Who wins that game in Cincinnati? Uh, we'll lose. Okay, eight and four, hosting the Bears. That's going to be Trubisky by then, I'd assume. Win. Nine and four. You go to go to Chester's beloved Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I think I think they're going to beat us. Uh, okay, so now you're nine and five, and then you play the Lions at home, last home game of the season. When? Wow, Chester, can you believe it? Uh, Zach's usually pretty confident. He's pretty confident. So now you're ten and five. Is that is that accurate? I mean, that's been yeah. what they've been for most of the last decade. The question is, once they get yeah. to the playoffs, and then well, not last year, uh, and then yeah. you go to Baltimore, who you beat in week one. Um, I think we beat them again. There's a bunch of week one, week seventeen matchups this year. So you go eleven and five. Does that win you the division? Um, I think we lose in a tiebreaker to the Steelers. Wow. So the, so you're the five seed probably in the playoffs. And probably yeah. And then I don't know if you'd play the Steelers. Maybe eleven and five. That gives them the three. So maybe you're playing um, the Texans in week in week one. Oh, wow. That's never happened before. No. The Bengals no. Texans. Is that what you're predicting, or are the Colts going to win that division, or the Titans? Uh, I. Um, I'm going to go with the Texans. Okay, so Bengals-Texans, and who's going to win that playoff game? Uh, Bengals, finally. Nice, so then you go to New England and lose like 47-0, right? Somewhere around there. Okay, fine. All right, we got we got our uh, season predictions from uh, Zach's house. Now, you want to play one more game, Zach? Sure. It's America's favorite game. It's called the roster game. Are you familiar with it? I've played it once or twice before. You've played the roster game. Chester, are you still here? Yeah, I'm listening with you're, bated breath. You're, rev- you're riveted, I hear, to this. Uh, yeah. the ro- Chester loves the roster game. Definitely doesn't want me My to favorite. stop doing it. Uh, all right, Zach, pick a number between 0 and 100. Uh, 51. All right, tell me everything you know about Bryson Albright. Bryson Albright. Bryson Albright will not be making the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, he is 40, he's uh, number 49. He's got long hair. Uh, he was pretty unimpressive last game. A lot of those big runs you gave up, you see him just, like, running from behind. He's slow. Um, there isn't much to him, I guess. He's really big. He's a big Six foot five yeah, linebacker. You don't see that often. Yeah, he doesn't play very big, though. He just plays slow. And he's from Ohio. Do the, the, the Ohio guys get special, like, uh, privileges that they get to make the team sometimes? Not like typically. Man? No. Uh, last year we had uh, Darius Hillary. He was Ira Hillary's little brother. I mean, uh, son. Ira Hillary? Uh, I don't yeah, know who he, that is. He was a Bengal wide receiver in the 80s. All right, I'm going to oh. ask you I'm going to ask you a very unimportant trivia question. You have to get it, okay? Okay. The Bengals currently on the roster have um have four players from two different colleges. Name those colleges. Oh, so we so there's Sorry, we'll repeat the question one more there's, time. They have the Bengals have four four or more players from two different colleges. Let's say uh Notre Dame. They have four they don't have four players from Notre Dame. Okay. Dame. They have three. They have Eifert and Chris Brown and, and Russell. But who are the, which colleges do they have four players from? Which college do we have four players from? Um, for a while, we had a lot of Longhorns, but I think we only have two right now. Uh, we had a lot of George, Georgia Bulldogs, but... Uh, 
America's really, you know, this this game is going <laughs> to, I think, I feel like the segment is going to come back, Chester. Just FYI. All I right. mean, listen, you're in charge of the segments. You're the segment <laughs> producer. Uh, all right. Come on, Zach. I'm going to, I'm going to declare time on you. Just Sorry. get to colleges. Uh, All right, I, I, I want to quiz Zach on something else. He's uh, wait, Zach. Do you him, listen to our podcast? Let him let him finish answering the question. Hey, people yeah. are people are on you know All waiting right. with bated breath. Um, you just say I don't know. And say don't do this. I I, I don't know. Um, I, if I had to guess, mm-hmm. I mean maybe like Arizona State. Maybe we have a. Um, yeah, you have three guys from Arizona State. Vante, Vante's perfect. That's not a terrible guess, but it's not the right one. All right, the answers are Alabama with Drake Kirkpatrick, Andre Smith, A.J. McCarron, and Wallace Gilberry, and Georgia, who you mentioned but didn't guess, with A.J. Green and Geno Atkins, two of your best players, plus Kim yeah. Bowling and Sean Williams. All right, this has been uh, uh, the final segment ever of how many players do you have from certain colleges. Chester, did you have a question for Zach? Oh, I was going to ask Zach, do you, do you listen to our podcast frequently or occasionally or really? I did in the past. Last year, once the Bengals were kind of out of it, I, I kind of got my enough of the Bengals every week. Yeah. All right. So you you haven't you did not listen to our rankings of the top hundred quarterbacks of all time, right? I read I read the rankings. Yeah. Well, who's who's the greatest quarterback in NFL history who is eligible for the Hall of Fame and not in the Hall of Fame? So eligible for the Hall of Fame, but not in the Hall of Fame. I know you're. Uh, I mean, I'm a huge Ken Anderson fan. Um, yeah. That that's the correct answer. Yes. But it's always it's so dorky to ask. Uh, Ask that question. Like, do you listen to my podcast? I've never. You don't. No, no. Well, I just wanted to know if he had heard my rant about Ken Anderson not being in the Hall of Fame. How it's like a crime against humanity. I know, but there has to be a better way to ask that than like, do you yeah. listen to my? No, podcast? no. I know, I know, I know, I know. It sounds a little pathetic uh, on the very podcast. All right, let's go to over under. Uh, we we already know. Well, tell let's tell yeah, us what the Bengals over under is. Obviously, Zach is going to go over. So yeah, so the Bengals over under is uh, much like the uh, the team that they're tied with in our power rankings, Houston. It's eight and a half. I'll go. And um, I, I think both teams are going nine and seven, even though I have one at eight and one at sixteen. Uh, Zach tracking? thinks they're going way over. But but I mean, when you were going over the schedule with me, we look at our schedule. We have like the easiest schedule in the NFL this year. So like I understand like if we had a tougher schedule that we could maybe win eight games or seven games or even have a losing record. But we have really an easy schedule this season. So that's why I'm kind of more optimistic on a kind of a rebound year. If we do poorly this year, then we have to rethink a lot of things. Well, it just – what do you mean? They're never going to rethink a lot of things. If they didn't fire Marvin Lewis after last year, what are they waiting for? Uh, his contract wasn't up. <laughs> oh, because uh, the Browns are too cheap to uh, – they, they, yeah. they, don't, they don't let people go before their contracts are up. It's very That's rare. Yeah. yeah. And I think – All right. Last so you got, another year, you got another year Marvin Lewis. Yeah. Um, like let me put it this way. We, we, heard, we heard that you're going to play Houston in the first round. Is this the year? And we've asked this every year to you in the preseason. Is this the year that Andy Dalton finally wins a playoff game? I think so. And Marvin Lewis. I think so. Okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I'm you know, they, they found a miraculous way to lose uh, two years ago. So Gave the game up. Yeah, will there's a will, there's a way. And, that, and of course, that wasn't even Andy. That would have only been a, a Marv. You're, you're not on a first-name basis with him, are you? Just the players. Mr. Lewis, you mean? Yeah. Well, Mr. Lewis has been around the longest. I guess you respect your elders, though. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, I don't know. I call him Marvin. <laughs> Marvin, marvelous Marvin. All right, Akiva, what else you have for the Bengals? That's it. What do I'm other a... people? What do other people call their 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 uh, their their like favorite players or the their players? I, in their I team? mean, I don't have like I'm on a team that I don't have any favorite players. So. Yeah, that's true. So they'd go by like, they'd be like Green Dalton. I mean, I, I do refer to uh, Teddy Bridgewater as Teddy, but that's because he's so cute and he's so young and he, you know he looks like a little teddy bear, <laughs> and also he's so fragile like a teddy bear. <laughs> His poor little baby ankles. Remember when Teddy Rux tears his ACL and everyone would just like vomit all over the place? <laughs> That's what he's like. Um, all, all right. right. So, this has been so fun, Zach. Uh, hopefully we will have you on playoffs, but I doubt it because I, I think, uh, I think this is it for Marvin Lewis. I think 8-8 eight and, eight and you guys are uh, – hopefully you'll rebuild with a better coach. So, Kim, yeah. you're taking the under 8.5. I'm definitely going under. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Oh, it's a lot. All right, Zach. Thanks so much, and we'll see uh, who's right, me or Akiva. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> Akiva, that's both guests today who uh, were on my side. <laughs> that's fine. I think I picked you every year, though. Akiva's always been down. No, no but the funny, because the Houston guy was the opposite. Akiva had them made, I had them 16, and the Houston guy still agreed with me. <laughs> He's like, we're not good. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, talk to you later, Zach. Bye-bye. Have a great one. Because Lord only knows it's getting late. Senses of God, so don't you hesitate?
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.